You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. What is going on, Uncanceled? How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for tuning in. Man, it has been a while since I've been on the podcast. It's been two weeks now, and I I just love the potty, man. I love the potty. That's what me and Ben call it, the potty. I know, it sounds like the bathroom. That's what we call it. But anyway, today, I do not have Ben on the podcast today because I had to record the podcast earlier than... um, uh, than normal. And so Ben is still at work right now. And this is just really odd. Uh, but I saw one of our awesome impact students hanging out, doing some homework, being studious. And I was like, you got to come on the podcast with me and rate something with me. So we have one of our awesome students, Allie Darius. She's here. Say what's up, Allie. Hi. <laughs> you want to say anything else or just, just, just hi? Um, I'm glad to be here. She's glad to be here. She just told me she had a really good day today, so she's really happy to be here. But today, we will not be doing rate that carbonated water. We won't be doing that today, no. Today, we will be doing something that Ben Stanley would never do with me on the podcast in a million years. He would refuse to do it. His muscles would ache in agony if he even decided to be able to think about the, what I'm about to say right now. He's going to go and watch the podcast when he's editing it later. And he's going to go and vomit in the bathroom that I even use this language right here. This terrible, terrible word that I'm about to use that many of you quite enjoy, but he does not. We are going to rate that fast food. Fast food. food. Yeah, good job, Allie. We're to hop in there. <laughs> That's it. We're going to rate that fast food. Uh, we're going to do it today. Um, we have five, we, we picked five of our favorite places, Allie and I, and uh, Allie has five different ones, I have five different ones, and we're going to kind of just like say um, what we both uh, like, we've made separate lists, and we're going to start with number five on our list. Allie, start with number five on your list, what is it? Um, number five is Popeyes. Popeyes, okay. Yes. Uh, honestly, I, I think underrated, underrated for sure, mm-hmm. right? Would you, would you agree? Yes. Underrated. Um, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go here. This is, this is not going to be popular with a lot of people. Okay. I'll just be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Allie. You may, you may be into it, but I, I, I'm not sure how others feel. I'm going with Taco Bell. For number five. For number five. Oh, you, you would have that higher. Oh, okay. Yes. We're going to see that in just a second, but I, I'm going Taco Bell. Um, Man, it's so diverse and you can get a lot on the menu and like, it's just like the perfect like fast food to just like, sometimes you just have a hankering for it, like Taco Bell. It's, man, I, I love me some Taco Bell. Me and Brianna got it the last two Wednesdays after Impact. Sorry, Ben. Uh, but you're on Taco Bell? Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll find out in a second. Tell me, what's your number four? My number four is Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell, there you go. See, that is a great pick and... Do you think that people will, will, like, be upset at that pick? Um, well, compared to my other ones, I don't think so. Compared to your other ones, you don't think so? You think that people are going to be more upset at your picks later on? Mm, probably not. Oh, okay. You think that your picks are, are not yeah. controversial? Think no. th- they think they're yeah, good? Yeah, I think okay. they're good. All right. That's understandable. Like, tell me that you don't have a hankering for Doritos Locos Tacos sometime. Like, like, do you have a hankering for that, Allie, sometimes? Yes. Yes, you do. There you go. That works. My number four is a staple. 
Okay. I don't know it, what that is. It's like, like a staple. <laughs> staple <laughs> is like, it is like a main like go-to place for a lot of people that they like. But I'm ranking it a little bit lower because I'll tell you why in a second. But it's McDonald's. I got McDonald's at number four. McDonald's mm-hmm. has the best fast food breakfast in the game. Oh, wait. A Staples not a fast food place? Wait, what? <laughs> wait, hold on. Hold on one second. I was saying that the place that I was about to say is a stable. Like, oh. it's like, it's like a. Like, I thought that like, was a fast food place. No, it's like, it's like a, that, that's hysterical. No, it is, it is not called that. But I'm saying that it is like a like foundational fast food place. That's what I was saying. I was describing it before I said it. You, you get me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. McDonald's. McDonald's has the best fast food breakfast in the game. Easy. Like, tell me that you didn't enjoy like a sausage, egg, and cheese on a biscuit or something like that at McDonald's or like an egg McMuffin. Like, amazing. Uh, but I have it at number four because it's like, garbage like what's in it like and stuff like that and it's no they use a hundred percent real meat she says they use a hundred percent real meat (laughs) did you talk to a mcdonald's salesperson or something like that no it just says it on the window says it on the window (laughs) ali they could say they use a hundred percent real meat but then and use a hundred percent real meat but that doesn't mean that a hundred percent of the ingredients in there is meat see what i'm saying ali doesn't care (laughs) I don't care. She doesn't care. I understand that. I just feel like the quality of McDonald's is not going to be as good as the, my top three that we're about to go into. So uh, you had, so Allie went, what was your five? Uh, Popeyes. Popeyes, Taco Bell. I had Taco Bell, McDonald's. What's your number three, Allie? My number three is McDonald's. Look at this. Me and Allie are like kind of <laughs> like in, in, in stride. Like t- tell me why you had that at number three. Just because I feel like my number two and one are just better. Number two and one are better, but and I like I feel like McDonald's is better than Taco Bell and Popeyes. Okay, so. that's fair. That's fair. And the pricing's like good at McDonald's. Like it's like it's like a fair price. Yeah, that three dollar bundle. Oh yeah, three. <laughs> yes, the three dollar bundle. All right, number three for me. I'm going Shake Shack. I don't know why. Is your number two? Is your number three Shake Shack or number no, two Shake Shack? My number two is. Her number two is Shake Shack. We're like right in stride right here. Like we're we're at the same idea. Shake Shack is really really good. It is really really good. It's it 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 is the best fast food burger in the game. It is the best fast food burger in the game to me. Mm-hmm. It is mine. But unfortunately. They get my order wrong almost every time that I order it, so I could not put it above my number two. But before I get to my number two, Allie, number two? Shake Shack. Shake Shack. What is your go-to order at Shake Shack? Well, I am, like, kind of picky with burgers, so I just get a plain cheeseburger and fries. Fair. Fair. I get a a double bacon cheeseburger with Shack sauce on it. That's what I get. It's it's fire. Um, I, I keep it plain other than that. Like, it's just like the shack sauce, the cheese, and the bacon. It's fire. Um, number two, I put five guys above Shake Shack, Allie. I did. And the reason I did it is because they don't get my order wrong ever, and they're really close. And so I prefer a Shake Shack burger. I, I really like do. I like five guys is super greasy. It is super greasy, but sometimes the grease just feels so good when it's going in your mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
It's like, it's just like, oh, I just, so good. You know what I'm saying? Did you, do you not like Five Guys? I like it. Did I don't it, usually get it a lot. It's like really expensive. It is really expensive. Shake Shack is too. But Shake Shack is more quality. Really and truly, Shake Shack would be number two if I wasn't a little salty that they mess up my order sometimes. <laughs> Allie, let's say our number one because I know it's going to be the same. In, ready? Three, two, one. Chick-fil-A. Chick <laughs> there it is. Chick-fil-A. Allie, you tell me why you put Chick-fil-A at number one. Tell me. Just tell me. Because Chick-fil-A is just superior. It's like, yeah. it's, I don't know. You just, you can't like argue with Chick-fil-A. No. And, and it's just like really quality. You, you're getting the same quality every time, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like the Lord's chicken. Yeah. It's the Lord's chicken, Allie. It's, it's, a, it's Christian and it's like they, they read the Bible to their chickens on the farm. No, I'm just kidding. They don't do that. They don't, I don't think they do at least. But they are, Chick-fil-A is fire. It is the place to go. We got to do an impact trip to, trip to Chick-fil-A after service. Again, we have a Chick-fil-A like five minutes down the road. So we got to do it again sometime. Should I say my go-to order? Yeah, tell me. Okay. Goat, I have two orders. Tell me. First one is a number four. Okay. Which fair. is strips, the three count. And I get a mac and cheese instead of fries. And ranch because ranch is the best dipping sauce fair. That's fair. ever. And then I get a root beer. Okay. And then for my second order, it is um, the grilled nuggets. Okay. Yep. And also a mac and cheese instead of fries and a root beer again. Sounds great. I mean, it sounds really good. Sounds like Ben is very disappointed right now that we are even talking about fried food. He probably like he like lost a little bit of muscle and gained a little fat just just hearing about it. Um, but yeah, uh, rate that fast food uh, here with with Ali. Uh, we had a great time today, and uh, Ali just we just we just got to give her a round of applause for just like taking time to come out. If I wish that we had like an edit for like a round of applause, but we're not that advanced yet. But thank you, Allie, very much thank for joining you. us on the potty. That's right. Um, yes, again, I called it the potty. I love it. Um, anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. We have more important things to talk about than fast food. Believe it or not, I realize that some people live their lives by fast food. Um, I try not to be one of those people. I, I get like my wife loves to go to Starbucks. I'm fine with drinking coffee just at home, but she, she loves Starbucks. So we do go there. Maybe, uh, we, we go maybe, uh, definitely once a week, sometimes twice a week, we get some fast food, maybe on Wednesday night after, after youth group. Uh, but we do have more important things to talk about. It has been a while since we've been on the podcast. My last podcast, I talked about why you need to be discipled, why you need to be discipled. And we talked about this and I talked about how we have to, we need to be discipled because we need to have deep roots. I talked about the parable of the four, the four soils and some other scriptures as well. And I encourage you before you listen to this podcast today, I encourage you to go back and to watch the podcast uh, that I did two weeks ago on why you need to be discipled because I think it transitions well um, into this next topic, which is how to be discipled. So before you can even desire to be discipled, we have to understand why we need to be discipled in the first place. That's why I recommend you watch the first video. But here's how to be discipled. How to be discipled. I have three points for you uh, as you're listening to this podcast. My first point, go to church. Shocker, right? Go to church. Whoa! 
He just said, go to church. Do I really need to do that? Yes. Yes, you do. I'll prove it to you in the Bible. We're going to go to Acts 2. Acts 2, verse 42. Acts 2, verse 42. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. The early church felt the need to gather around as a community and to fellowship, share meals together, and dedicate themselves to the apostles' teachings and to prayer. The early church gathered together. The early church didn't say, well, you know, the church is not just the building. The church is in my heart. You know, I just really just, you know, I believe my definition of church is just, you know, uh, whenever, you know, I just talk to Jesus, that's me being in church. You know, the church is, you know, not just, you know, the four walls. And while the reality is, is that the church, uh, the church should extend beyond the four walls and should go and reach people outside of it. The church is a location. The church is a body of believers, yes, but the church is about a group of people meeting. It's not just one church, you know, it's not just one building, but the, but the church of Jesus Christ, part of it, although it's the body of Christ, although it is a group of, a, a group of believers, it, it, part of the church is gathering together. Part of the church is gathering together. You cannot just be like, yeah, you know, I'm a part of the church of Jesus Christ, but, you know, I don't believe in gathering. Well, you would be going against God's word. You would be going against God's word to say that I'm a, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, but you know, I don't obey the word of God and go to church. Does the Bible really tell me to go to church, uh, Joey? Yes, it does. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25. It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on or encourage each other toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Oh man, the apostle Paul, some people in the church would be mad if they, if they heard the apostle Paul say this today. What do you mean? Not giving up the meeting as, as some are in the habit of doing. What do you mean that I, I what do you mean? I, I can be a part of the church and I don't have to meet, uh, I don't have to meet together. But the Bible clearly commands us that we cannot give up meeting together and even says as some are in the habit of doing. We cannot give up meeting together. Well, you know, you know, Pastor Joey, you know, the, the, there's just a lot of sickness going around right now and I just don't find it to be a good idea to come to church. That should be the number one place that you should go when you're sick. What do you mean? I should go to church when I'm sick? Well, if we're actually looking at the scripture, and I, I didn't plan on, on going to this today, but it just came into my spirit as I was talking. Let's, let's get biblical, okay? I, I encourage you right now, if I'm challenging some of your thinking, I actually encourage you to just let me read the word of God to you, and let's go to the word together. Let's learn together. Let's see what the Bible actually says, because my interest today is not my agenda. My agenda is not to just make people come to church for no reason. I just want to go to the word of God and see what it has to say. And the Bible does say to not give up meeting together. So if the Bible says to not give up meeting together, then we shouldn't give up meeting together. And let's look at this sickness. What, what does the Bible say? If, if we're sick, what should we do? The Bible says, are any of you sick? 
You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Look at that. When you're not feeling well, you should call for the elders of the church to come. The pastors in the church come and anoint you with oil and the prayer of faith will heal you. Look at that. You can, you know, you can call, you can literally call your pastor, say, I'm not feeling well. Would you mind coming to my house and praying for me? You could show up at the church and say, pastor, I'm not feeling well. Would you lay hands on me and pray for me? Um, it, it, being sick, being sick or sickness going around should not automatically deter us from coming to church. I'm not saying, you know, come to church when you're like, you know, you, you know, you got COVID or whatever, and you know, just go cough on everyone. But I am saying that there is nothing wrong with asking the pastors of the church to pray for you and believing in faith that they will heal you. You don't feel comfortable coming with you when you're sick. Well, then call your pastor and ask one of the pastors to come and lay hands on you and pray for you. Come to your house, lay hands on you, pray for you. Come to church the next day. It's, it's a real thing that we can actually do. But getting back to my point, in order for us to be discipled, we need to come to church. We cannot forsake the gathering of ourselves. Church is not optional. We cannot just say, well, I'll go to church when it's convenient to me. I'll go to church when I'm not playing sports. I'll go to church when, you know, my homework gets done. In America, we've prioritized everything else over church, everything else. How do I know this to be true? Because I'm a youth pastor and I hear parents and I hear students talk. Oh, you know, Pastor Joey, you know, sorry. I, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to come to impact for the next three months because I have baseball practice. I have basketball practice, football practice, wrestling practice, soccer practice, uh, volleyball practice. I just the sports go on cheerleading practice, whatever it might be dance practice. I can't come because I have that. What happened to seeking first the kingdom of God? What happened to obeying God's commands first? I understand that you have those practices. I understand if you have a big test the next day, but when it becomes our regular habit to not attend church for a long span of time, just because of a sport, that our priorities are out of whack. We're not getting ourselves into church and being discipled. I, I talked to this, um, one person and they said that they felt they, they were upset because their child did not feel connected to the youth group anymore. And they, they were not totally blaming me, but they were blaming me a little bit. And, and I looked at the mom and I was kind of like, you know, I, I'm sorry about that, but I will say, I haven't seen your child in youth group in about three or four months. And they said, well, yeah, you know, they have volleyball. And I was like, how, how is it possible for your child to stay connected within the youth group if they're not attending. Yeah, I can text them or call them or go check out one of their games or something like that, which is all stuff that we do, but ultimately there's going to be a disconnect if there's not a prioritizing of coming to church. When I played in high school, uh, sports, I had baseball in the summer. I often had games and practices on Wednesday nights. My parents would had me tell my coach that I needed to leave practice early so that I could go to church. If I had a game occasionally, my parents would maybe be like, all right, fine, you can miss youth group this week, but you're not going to miss again next week. It wasn't a regular habit that I was just allowed to miss church. My parents made me make it a priority to be at youth group, to be at church on the weekend. If I missed a service here or there, 
They were like, all right, fine, but you're going to be there next week. It was not allowed to be a regular habit. My parents even had me miss things sometimes just to be at church. They made sure that I was in church because they understood the principle of going to church and obeying God's word, of understanding that if I was going to be a disciple, if I was going to properly be discipled, then I needed to be at church. Church attendance will help you hear the word of God. And what will that do? Hearing the word of God will disciple you. It will get you grounded. It will help you understand the things about your faith. Church attendance will help you learn from someone that hopefully they should know more than you spiritually and biblically, and that is your pastor. Your pastor should know more than you, and you sitting under them and learning from them will help you. Church attendance is not optional. Church attendance will help you get grounded in your faith by learning about the deeper things of God and not just the basic things. You know, many people, their Christianity stops with Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. That's great and that's wonderful and you do need to understand that. But our faith does not stop there. That is the beginning point of our faith. Imagine if the beginning point of, uh, imagine if the beginning point of my health journey was just deciding that I need, just deciding that I needed to go to the gym. I just said, yeah, you know what? I do need to go to the gym. I do realize that my body is not healthy and I need to go to the gym. So I went to the gym one day and I worked out and I just walked away and I didn't go ever go back again. I didn't ever go further than that. Imagine if my gym journey was this. This would be a better analogy. I go to the gym and I just do the same, same workout every day at the same weight and I never increase my weight and I never make the workout harder. What's gonna happen? I'm not gonna grow anymore. And if you ask Ben about this, Oh, he's not next to me right now. But if you ask Ben about this, he'll tell you it's true. If I just went to the gym and my bicep workout every week was just 20 pound dumbbells. I just did 20 pound dumbbells every week. I did curls, you know, maybe I did, you know, 40 pounds on tricep pushdowns or something like that. And then every week I just did the same workout over and over again. Would I be healthy? Yeah, I would be healthy. Like I would still be like in a healthier state than I was before, but I wouldn't be growing. In the same way, when we accept Jesus Christ, we acknowledge he died on the cross for our sins and that he rose again from the dead. That's great. You're in a healthy place where the fact that you're going to heaven, that you're on your way there. But is that really all you want to be? You just want to be on your way to heaven and you don't actually want to be growing in your faith. Is that where you want to be? Because if that's all that you want, then you're not having everything that Jesus Christ has to offer for you. If that's all that we want, oh, I just want to be saved and accept Christ. And here's the reality. If that's all that you want or all that we want, and that's where we stop, eventually our faith is going to get snuffed out because like I said last week, we're not going to have deep roots for when things come up in life, when challenges come up in life. We're not going to have deep roots. That's just the reality. Church attendance is not optional. Church attendance is not optional. We need to go deeper in our faith. We can't just stop with the basic things. Coming to church consistently will help us learn the deeper things of God. And watch this. Coming to church will surround you with a group of believers that will encourage you and build you up when things do happen in life instead of just try to kick you and put you down. You're not feeling well in your body. The church, A good church, a biblical church, is going to say, well, let me pray for you and let me believe in faith with you that you're going to feel better. 
where if you're out there in the world, oh, I'm not feeling well today. Oh, well, you're probably going to be sick for a couple of days. And unfortunately, that's still the talk in some churches, but not this church. But, you know, they'll encourage you in your faith and build you up. You know, things are hard right now. You know, you know, um, you know, money's tight or, you know, things are hard right now. You know, this situation with my family or my friends in a church setting, the church is to build you up and encourage you. The church should build you up and encourage you in that moment, help you stay grounded in your faith. But if we're not going to church, we're not getting discipled. We're not going to be plugged into a place that can encourage us when challenges do arise in our life. Going to church is a necessity. Going to church is a necessity if we want to be discipled. How to be discipled? It starts with going to church. Anytime the church doors are open, you should try and be there. Anytime, Pastor Joey, well, I have a busy life. You should try and prioritize coming to church as much as you can. Discipleship on Wednesday nights, be there. Don't miss it. If you can get yourself plugged into a small group, go to a small group Bible study. Do it. Why? Because you'll get grounded in the deeper things. Also, Coming to church as much as you possibly can, it will help you not be idle. I've often heard that idleness is the enemy's playground. When we're not doing anything, that's when the enemy is able to sneak in because we're vulnerable. We're not doing anything. We're not, we're just sitting there. The enemy is able to take advantage of that. Remember, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom, may, whom he may devour. That's important for us to understand. When we're in church as much as possible, it gives less and less room for an enemy, the enemy to be able to get any type of foothold in our lives. Go to church. Go to church. It will help you get discipled. My second point, learn from a spiritual mentor. Learn from a spiritual mentor. This one's interesting right here. Sorry, I needed that water, man. Comes to be a lot of talking right, uh, right here, but I love it, man. I love teaching the word of God. But I want you guys to understand that we need to learn from a mentor if we want to be discipled. Biblical mentorship is teaching someone the way of faith and the things of faith. Or if you're the mentee, then biblical or receiving from a mentor or learning from a mentor is learning some, uh, learning from someone the way of faith and the things of God. And obviously that starts in the word of God. Let me show you an example of biblical mentorship. If you would turn with me to Acts chapter 18. Perhaps you're turning there right now. Hopefully, hopefully when you watch this to the best of your ability, if you're driving or something like that, please don't do this. This would be a terrible idea. But if you're not driving and you're just sitting at home watching this right now or listening to this on Spotify, hopefully you watch this with the Bible because I want you guys to make sure you're checking me and making sure that I'm actually reading the word of God, which of course I am. But just like Paul uh, applauded the Bereans for searching the scriptures, um, you, you should go and search the scriptures and make sure that what I'm saying is factual. But look at what Acts chapter 18, verse 24 says. It says, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord and he taught others about Jesus with enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only John's baptism. When Priscilla and Aquila, that's a married couple in the Bible, heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and explained the way of God even more accurately. Apollos had been thinking about going to Achaia and the brothers and sisters in Ephesus encouraged him to go. 
They wrote to the believers in Achaia, asking him to welcome him. When he arrived there, he proved to be of great benefit to those who, by God's grace, had believed. He refuted the Jews with powerful arguments in public debate. Using the scripture, he explained to them that Jesus was the Messiah. What happened? Priscilla and Aquila saw a young man in Apollos that was teaching the word of God and that had a lot of passion for the word of God. And he saw, they saw them, this couple, and they decided to mentor them. They decided to mentor them or mentor them. Oh my goodness, what is this? Like the pronoun thing, they, them? I'm just kidding with you. But I meant to say mentor him. They decided to mentor him. And man, those pronouns will get you, man, nowadays. It's like not even grammatically correct anymore. I saw a thing the other day. This is totally off topic and has nothing to do with it. But you guys know that I speak my mind on this thing and I speak the truth of God's word. Trans women, which is really a man, Trans women would like abortion rights. And I'm just like, how is that even going to work? You, you don't even have like, you don't even have like a uterus. Like it, it like it just, it just doesn't even scientifically like, you, okay, fine. Have all the abortion rights that you want. You can't even abort a child because you don't have it. You can't have a child on the inside of you. Anyway, that, that is not the point of anything that I have any, uh, to say about being discipled, but it just came to my mind as I said that, but Nonetheless, uh, Acts chapter 18, (laughs) quite the transition, right? Uh, Apollos was mentored by Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila, they saw him and they took him under their wing and they taught him the way of God. And then he actually proved to be a benefit when he went and traveled to speak and he proved that Jesus was Messiah. A spiritual mentor will help you get discipled. More than likely, a spiritual mentor will find you. If you are dedicated to the Lord, a pastor or minister uh, of, of, uh, or a person of faith, they'll show interest in you. If you're a person, if they see something in you, if you're hungry for the things of God, perhaps they'll walk up to you and they'll begin to speak to you and they'll see how interested that you are. And if you show interest, they will be, and you're eager to learn and you ask questions, they will likely look to mentor you. I've often found it that you actually don't even need to go looking for a spiritual mentor. They'll often find you. Seriously, that's how it works a lot of the time. Like they'll find you. They'll come up to you and start talking to you or maybe you'll go up to them and ask them a question about something. And what will happen is that God will stir something inside of that spiritual mentor to take you under their wing and you'll have that opportunity. So you don't really even have to go running looking for a spiritual mentor. Like, yes, you can have a desire for someone to mentor you. You can want someone to mentor you, but don't just go and like, you know, shake their hand for the first time. Like, I want you to be my spiritual mentor. Like, don't do that. Go and learn from them in humility and God will do the work for you. If that is a match that God has for you, if that's a mentor God has for you, God will make it happen. But Jesus mentored his disciples. Priscilla and Aquila mentored Apollos. And in today's world, listening to podcasts and sermons of someone like this one that you're listening to right now, or maybe the sermons you listen to on here, is actually one way to have a spiritual mentor. Maybe to some of you that are listening to this, I'm like a spiritual mentor to you, that you've grown and been discipled through this podcast. That is a way of having a spiritual mentor. Now, you should have a person that is also a spiritual mentor to you, like a person that 
well, not that I'm not a person, but someone that you actually can meet with and ask questions from and, su- and such. But you can have spiritual mentors that you also listen to via a broadcast, via a podcast. Um, some spiritual mentors that I listen to, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr., someone that I like to listen to that, that has been a mentor from afar to me. And actually God has, and it's funny how God works, God has actually connected me to uh, him and his wife, me and Brianna, why do I keep doing that when I mention somebody else? Brianna's not on the broadcast with me. If you're watching on, on Spotify, it's because I keep on I keep on moving my left hand like over to the uh, seat next to me, even though uh, they're not on the podcast with me. But anyway, um, me and Brianna, we, we really uh, look up to uh, Carolyn and, and Ted Shuttlesworth uh, Jr., and we, we really look up to them. And God has, uh, has brought us the opportunity to actually get connected with them a little bit more recently. But they're spiritual mentors that we listen, we've listened to from afar. I've had other spiritual mentors that I've listened to and that I've never actually met before. And I just have learned from them. And, they, and they've actually grown to be spiritual mentors in the faith to me. Uh, the biggest, again, being Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. But other mentors I have, Pastor Dave Hahn Shoemaker. In, uh, in Haverhill, Massachusetts. He's been a spiritual mentor in the faith to me. Um, my dad, Pastor Frank Santora, he's been a spiritual mentor of the faith to me. Um, Pastor Brandon Dumas, he's been a spiritual mentor of the faith to me. Um, now, the, now, understand that these are not spiritual fathers necessarily that I have. These are people that I've just learned from and gleaned from. Somebody that was a spiritual mentor to me in high school that, I, that I'm very thankful for, Pastor J.C. Meza. Uh, he uh, is now a pastor of a church over in uh, either Bristol or New London. I think it's Bristol. And he's a pastor of a church in Bristol, Connecticut over there. He's someone that I've learned from. Uh, th- there's various people that, that I, I've had the opportunity to learn from. You can find those spiritual mentors as well, and they'll help you get grounded in the faith. My last point that I'll make to you guys uh, this, uh, during this podcast, I almost said this evening. We have go to church, learn from a spiritual mentor, and my last one, spend personal time with the Lord. Spend personal time with the Lord. Don't rely on everyone else and everything and everyone else for your relationship with God. Church is good. You should be in church. We should be in church. I need to be in church. We should have spiritual mentors in the faith. We should learn from them. That's great. But you cannot rely on someone else for your faith. You can't. I cannot believe in God for you. I can't believe God in faith for you. Not not possible. I can't do that. There's going to come a point where you need to stand on your faith for your own. I cannot cause you to receive salvation. That's not the way that that works. Can't happen. But you can stand on your own. You can make a stand on your own. And here's how you do that. Spend personal time with the Lord. Get to know the Lord for yourself. Going to church will help you be disciple. Learning from spiritual mentors will help you be disciple. But the greatest teacher that you can have is the Holy Spirit. He is our greatest helper. And I'll, I'll show it to you right now in John chapter 14, verse 26. Again, if you have your Bible turned there, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. 14, verse 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. 
Jesus tells the disciples that the Holy Spirit will come and teach them, that the Holy Spirit is their helper, is their advocate. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our teacher. He will teach you things. When you spend time in the word of God, so every single day, by the way, that is an everyday thing that we must do as believers, that I need to do as a believer. When we pray every single day, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be my teacher. Be my teacher. The Holy Spirit will help disciple you. He's, he, uh, the Holy Spirit is your greatest teacher. You still need to go to church. You still need to have a spiritual mentor in the faith. People try and get loopy and they're like, oh, like, you know, I, I just learned from the Holy Spirit. I don't need to go to church. Yes, you need to go to church. Why? Because God said so in his word. You need to be there. But the Holy Spirit is your greatest teacher. Even when your pastor's speaking to you and your mentors are speaking to you, the Holy Spirit will be the greatest teacher on the inside of you, in your spirit. He'll witness with you. He'll bear witness with you. He'll teach you. He'll guide you. I've read passages of scripture and all of a sudden it's as, a, as if something jumped off of the page and I'm like, whoa, I just got that like I've never gotten that before. And that's the Holy Spirit teaching me. I ask him, the Holy Spirit, teach me something as I read your word today. And he will, he'll teach you. And he'll lead you and guide you to all truth. Just like his word says, he's your greatest teacher. But I hope that this blessed you today. How to be discipled. How to be discipled. First off, again, I'm going to go through it. We go to church. We learn from a spiritual mentor. And we spend personal time with the Lord. I hope that this broadcast blessed you today. I'm going to pray for you right now that God would send spiritual mentors into your life. Uh, and by the way, if you're looking for what a good spiritual mentor really is, I'd recommend you listen to my podcast on what a spiritual mentor is. I have a video on that. I go through what a good spiritual mentor looks like. And um, please listen to that podcast before you decide that someone is going to be your spiritual mentor because you can't have wackadoos being your spiritual mentors or you're going to be a wackadoo. Uh, you'll, you'll be what you sit under. You'll be what you sit under. But I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for everybody that's watching this podcast. Lord, whether it's now, uh, when we, right when we put it out, whether it's weeks later, months later, years later, I pray for everybody watching this right now. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would send a spiritual mentor into their life, somebody full of faith that obeys your word, Father that you would send in, uh, that mentor into their path, that father, that they would be discipled by you. Lord, that they would spend time in your spirit, in your presence, and that you would be their greatest teacher, that father, that they would be faithful in obeying your word and that you would help them grow in their faith and help them have great roots or deep roots, father. In Jesus name, we thank you, God. Amen. Amen. I hope that this broadcast blessed you. I hope that it spoke to you. And I hope that uh, you realize now how you can go about being discipled. God bless you guys. And I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.